What's up, Zade? How you doing, What's man? What's up, Gannon? Doing all right. What about you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, for those that are just joining now, this is Zade and I's finance podcast show, whatever you want to call it. This is episode three. Uh, we've already done a couple. That's right. Name of name of our podcast is No Cap All Gains. You can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, you Everything, name it. Man. So All what's going platforms. on, man? What's going on is that we live in a different world now. We live in a Doge economy now, pretty <laughs> much. It's a Doge economy. Yeah, I know. Um, so we actually had a Twitter Spaces last night that went absolutely berserk. The biggest Twitter Spaces that I've hosted and probably been in, um, it was insane. I mean, we had 750 Huge. people at one point. We had some crazy characters. It was like so much fun to be a host. Uh, oh, yeah. I was laughing too much. I mean, I, I couldn't even talk at some points. It was ridiculous. We had some celebrities and some like Twitter celebrities <laughs> in there. I mean, it was it was everything that anyone would ever want. And uh, and yeah, we learned a lot about people's passion for Dogecoin. There was some interesting characters that Gannon brought up, and their passion for Dogecoin. In all things cryptocurrency, I, I I was just so inspired, and I totally I truly mean that. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, there was this one guy, economist. I'm gonna butcher his name. I completely forget what it is. Um, we we kind of peppered him in, in and out. He was so psyched to talk about Doge that we couldn't even have him in for more than a minute and thirty seconds. Um, he made everyone laugh. It was just an <laughs> awesome time. Well, the best part about it was when we started the Twitter space, it was only like Doge was at like 50, 55 cents. By the time we ended it, it broke through its all-time highs several times, ended up hitting the 69 the cents, baby. <laughs> the classic 69 cents. Uh, you know, which was a huge moment for for the Twitter space. Um you know, we can go into it. We cannot. What do you think about Doge? I know we've talked about it on here before. Has anything changed in the last 24 hours after the inspiration? I think the only thing that has changed is I feel like more and more people are starting to 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 become familiar with Doge, which, again, I don't know if this means that we're just halfway through the hype cycle and we're about to get hyped even more. Obviously, everyone's talking about Elon Musk about to go on SNL. Is he going to talk about Dogecoin at all there? Um I, I I just I, I just feel like the hype is growing, and um, mm -hmm. it it kind of reminds me of like you know like how obviously GameStop is like the ultimate comparison when like GameStop went from like ten bucks to forty to a hundred then to one hundred and fifty and then more and more people started coming on and then it eventually went to like three hundred. Right. I feel like we're kind of like maybe sixty percent through the hype cycle right now. It doesn't mean that I recommend to invest in it because again I, <laughs> I I am one of those Dogecoin haters. Um, you know, it's awesome to see other people make money. I love that. I love when people are making money. I love that people are investing, but I, I myself am a yeah. Dogecoin hater. And so I, uh, I kind of got peer pressured into investing in it last night during the Twitter spaces because <laughs> everyone was investing in it. So I bought, yeah. I bought a hundred Dogecoins for like, was it 60 bucks? So it's not, it's not that much money, but, um, I just wonder what, where we are in the hype cycle. And I feel like everyone's waiting Everyone's waiting for Saturday. It feels like, Elon does. yeah, it, 
there was that video that was released of him signing autographs. I don't know if you saw it, but I saw it. I mean, everyone was asking Elon while he's signing autographs. You know, is there going to be Doge involved? Is there a Doge joke? Of course, he didn't say anything. He's probably legally not allowed to. Um, not not like that matters for him. Yeah, but... he doesn't give a fuck about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? What what does he follow the rules? Um, you know, my main thing is with Doge or meme coins or even meme stocks. I remember when Kodak was having a huge moment and you know the stock was a dumpster fire. Was that I don't hate on anyone making money. I don't hate on any stock. I don't hate on any just the only thing that I quote unquote hate on or become weary about is when I see willful ignorance. Um, you know, we did have a couple characters on there that were just throwing out the most insane stuff. Uh, we had some people saying, you know, it's going to overtake Bitcoin. You know, that's being willfully ignorant of what it is. Um, it's an inflationary yep. asset. There can be as many Doge coins as possible. The reason why the creator made it that way is because he wanted to ensure that it would be a meme, not actually turn into something. And he's stated that so many times. Now, does that do I hate Doge? Absolutely not. I hold, I held a space for it, <laughs> <laughs> and and I like it. And I think it's funny. Um, I know a lot of people have made a lot of money off of it. I've gotten DMs from people with like the most absurd amounts. We're talking down payments on houses, um, God. made off of Doge. But again, just just know what you're getting into. It's the same way with with someone who comes up to me and says, "Hey." Uh, you know, I'm going to the casino and I'm going to put $5,000 down. Okay, well, that's awesome if, you know, you're ready for that. If if the loss goes the wrong way or or whatever, but it doesn't become cool when they go, I'm going to win this amount no matter what. And, and then it, you know, it becomes a, a gambling addiction. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, and that's the biggest problem is, is you don't want you don't want people to think that invest like things don't always go up prices don't always go up if you're having fun with Doge awesome I I hope you're having fun I hope you're taking some profits off the table you know because that's yeah you know like this could be real money to some people imagine if you're a teenager and you just have ten fifteen thousand dollars worth of Doge that's a huge um, advantage to have at a young age so I hope you're taking some profits right. because this the music is gonna stop eventually I sound like such a such a buzzkill but like. The reality is the music the music is eventually going to stop. Um, now, when does it stop? Who knows? We might just, we might be in the third inning. We might be in the eighth inning. We don't know. But when it yeah. does, I just the, it's just going to really suck to see um, you know people that potentially could have had life changing money of fifty a hundred thousand dollars being like oh yeah I didn't sell because I thought that like a TikTok video said that the Doge was yeah. going to go to like six bucks and like you know I'm holding for that. I I, I just hate I, saying I, that. I have some DMs that would blow your mind. I mean, we're talking upwards of there were some that were quarter million dollars in Doge, and I was just like, "Wow!" And, and but again, here's the thing: if someone shows me, you know, I get hesitant about holding a you know an altcoin that you have over twenty thousand dollars in it. I mean, that's yeah. a lot. Um, that may be a lot for them. Maybe it might not. Who knows? That person could have a multi-million dollar account. Right. But for anyone that's listening, I have to go over this because I know that a lot of people maybe on Twitter know what Doge is, but not everyone, you know, who might 
stumble across this podcast. So I'm going to give a little brief intro to what it is. It was made in 2013 by Jackson Palmer and this guy named Billy Marcus. It was all satirical uh, from the beginning and till now. It was birthed as a joke. It actually led to some um, like low price facilitated efficient micro tipping. That's what a lot of people have been using it for, for Reddit. Um, yeah. Because a lot of coins, let's say Bitcoin being the, you know, obviously the most famous coin, it's hard to tip in Bitcoin. If you're going to tip someone $2 in Bitcoin, it's just going to be, uh, you know, I'll tip you 0. 0.00008, which is like, I don't even know, probably more right. than $2. Um, right. So people have been tipping on it. There has been some use cases, but the main thing is there is no cap to the supply of coins and thus the coin can inflate indefinitely so infinitely sorry so that is the whole one minute wrap up of what dogecoin is and jackson palmer has kind of totally separated himself from it because he felt like maybe the joke has gotten a little too out of control for him yeah i mean the joke has been taken over by billionaires by by elon musk by by mark cuban um and, and i think that's like the point that you really drove home is like it started off as a joke. He, these two dudes were just like, haha, let's just make a funny crypto and call it Dogecoin. That's funny. It, it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously. It wasn't ever supposed to be a thing. Um, and now we're just living in a world today where Dogecoin has a seven million dollar market cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and now we're now now we're the suckers buying it, you know? <laughs> Me um, and you. Yeah, I, I know exactly. It, <laughs> I bought it on the the space. I, I was so inspired, you know, by some of these people on my Twitter space and just how many people were in it. And, and it was truly one of like the most fun times I've ever had on Twitter. Right. You know, a lot of the people in the do in the Doge community why they like it so much is the community itself. It's like not even anything else. It's it's community with a lot of these altcoins of, you know, we both have been in the block, um, cryptocurrency scene since like 2016, yeah. 2017 is yeah. there's a lot of competition. A lot of people hate each other's coins. We got Bitcoin maximalists. We yep. got link bros. We got whatever <laughs> you want to name it or link warrior. What, what is it? Link Marines. What That's what it is. I think it's Link Marines. <laughs> Link Pro. Um, like and the problem is, is there's a lot of resentment, a lot of animosity towards each other's coins because it's mm-hmm. like has a lot to do with supply and demand. It has a lot to do with um, you know, notoriety and people talking about it online. I mean, obviously it was like the third, it's the third biggest coin, right? Uh third maybe supply fourth. third it, it's, or fourth. It's, it's up there, it's top five. And and you're right. I think I think it kind of comes out. I kind of think of it as sports. You know, like we all have our teams, right? And we don't want the other team to win. I think people have now attached themselves to to certain coins as their team. And what people yeah. don't realize is like if the entire space grows, there's a good chance if your coin is legitimate and your project that you're associated with self is legitimate, it will also rise. You know, all all rise. What's what's the what's the term? I don't even know. Well, all rise, lift lift all boats, or whatever the whatever the term. Yeah, it's uh, rising tide all, lift all, all boats. All, yes, all tides. Yes, lift all boats. And so um, that's kind of how I think about it. Is like people sometimes get so emotionally attached to these coins that they are rooting against a certain coin. Uh, big Bitcoin maximalists are the perfect example of that. They're just like, oh no, screw every other crypto that isn't Bitcoin. Yeah, that does. I I just I just don't understand why we need to have that perspective moving forward. I mean, we want the entire crypto space to grow. Now, I think there is one legitimate criticism with some was saying that like 
if this joke of a coin, like Dogecoin, is growing, like it, it started off as a joke, it still kind of is a joke. There wasn't anything serious behind it. Does it kind of put a a bad mark on the entire crypto space in general? Because like there's a lot of great projects in crypto. Bitcoin is amazing. Yeah. Ethereum obviously is doing great things. Doge is is legitimately a meme and a joke, and now it's worth 75, 80 billion dollars. Does that does that kind of make the crypto space a little bit less legitimate? And I think that's a very valid criticism. Yeah, I can see how people who've dedicated their lives towards the crypto space or even work for a decentralized startup or something right. along along those lines, because you know, there's hundreds of them, thousands of them now, mm -hmm. uh, could get you know upset like they're really trying to push their project that has legitimacy has backing has this and then you know out of the blue i i think it's just growing pains you know um obviously different than growing pains but i think that's just what occurs when uh anything new comes onto the market you know cryptocurrency is still in its infant infant infancy oh, yeah. i mean like it's only been around just over a decade, I believe, right? And 2009, yeah, 2009 yeah. was when Bitcoin started. So we're we're talking about de, I want to say derailing a, a, an entire system that's been around for hundreds of years, but introducing a new system that's been around for hundreds of years. And there's just going to be these things that happen, and I don't think Dogecoin is going to be the only one. There's going to be another one apparent at, at some point. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. But the the what I'm envisioning right now, because I'm sometimes I can be a pessimist. I try to be an optimist. But like like, can you imagine the headlines though? Like when when Dogecoin thing kind of cools off and like yeah. you know eventually like the price will come down. All the all the fear mongering headlines that we're gonna see on CNBC. Um, twenty one year old college <laughs> student puts entire life savings in Doge and is wiped out, losing sixty thousand dollars. Right, right. You know, losing ten thousand dollars. Um, man from Oklahoma puts in, you know, $50,000 at 29 years old and is now evicted. Like, there's going to be so all these, um, potentially fear mongering headlines yeah, related to Doge that, uh, you know, I, I just hate to see that and it's going to happen. Maybe there's nothing we can do about it. Um, uh, but it's going to happen. I think that at the end of the day, if someone's putting their, you know, life savings on Doge in a very irresponsible manner let's say someone who you know doesn't have multi-millions of dollars but they're putting like their life savings on it um if it's not on doge it's going to be on something else you mm. know i know people who have put an insane amount of money on vegas or gone to the casinos and stuff like that so i don't think it speaks to doge it just speaks to the person um I don't see it any different or, you know, they'll YOLO their money on some, you know, crazy option play. Right. So, <laughs> and, and that happens every day, that All happens the time. every day, every year. And it gets, you know, a little notoriety in the, in the media, but you're right. There's going to be a whole news cycle if, you know, if or slash when this thing cools down that oh, there was some kid who lost his, you know, life savings and or his parents know, life savings or something like that. He'd like, yeah, our you know 10x 10x leverage and just like <laughs> you know I mean you're, we're gonna hear the stories and I guess we should be prepared for that. Um, I don't think that this does any sort of anything to delegitimate to make the crypto space any less legitimate. Yeah. I'm gonna use not complicated words. Um, 
but uh <laughs> it's real back here <laughs> i know <laughs> um and so like you know glad that everyone's making money it's cool it's getting all the headlines i mean i even had someone today uh at work um someone who's older a co-worker of mine she hit me up because she knows i'm kind of in the space she's like hey can you tell me more about this doge thing and i'm like oh my god are we are oh, we no. getting are we are we what part of the cycle are we it legitimately was like a light bulb moment and i had to kind of be like uh hey you know i kind of had to give her like the spiel of like hey this is really funny and cool she's like yeah i really wanted to buy like four weeks ago and like now i really want to buy and i'm like oh god it, so, i think if snl goes super well that's when we'll get to the barber shop stage of the cycle where people yeah. are talking about it at the barber shop uh and and that's not a good cycle to be in that's you know that's when start things start going downhill um full-on mania um and again it's kind of like what we talked about previously where it's like i think that's just kind of like the world we live in now right we live in a meme world memes are memes are currency at this point and people want to be part of a community maybe because we've been locked up you know locked down for the last 13 months people just want to feel something people just want to like be part of a community first it was gamestop in january I mean, I got caught up in the hype, even though I knew that the fundamentals for GameStop didn't justify $300 stock value, but I just yeah. bought it because I wanted to be part of a movement. Whatever, it's 300 bucks. I was able to thankfully financially afford it, and I did it. I'm still way down on that investment. I think that's the same thing with Doge. People just want to be part of a community, and before being part of a community was something like, you know, where you'd go play you know, soccer with your buddies in the weekends or like yeah. whether it was, you know, playing some video games, video games with your buddies. Now, this is another way of participating in the community, and this time, the added element is that you can actually put your money where your mouth is. And, yeah. you know, so so it's, it's kind of added that element to it. But again, it all comes down to, like, I think human nature, human beings wanting to be part of a community. And crypto, especially Doge, is like another element to that. And, and, and now the good thing is some people are getting rich off of it. Great. I, you know, and hopefully, hopefully uh, some people are taking some calculated risk and not just, you know, putting their life savings into it and no if you're gonna put thousand bucks in just to feel something do it man <laughs> just to do it do it um yeah just know people want to people want to be entertained right now more than anything right. i know so many people who are booking concerts in advance you know people are trying to get out and this is kind of just another way to have some sort of excitement um you know speaking of covid and the pandemic and people locked up you know, I'm going to transition into how Bill and Melinda Gates are are not together anymore. Do you think the pandemic oh, had something to do with this? <laughs> well, first of all, when I heard the news over the weekend, it was sad. You know, Bill and Melinda Gates yeah. were just like a staple of the tech community, staple of uh, a philanthropist. Um, and uh, do I think the pandemic had anything to do with it? I mean, yeah, maybe. They were probably sick and tired of seeing each other all the time. Uh, yeah. being, you know. But then again, their house is probably like, I don't know, like 50,000 square feet. They could probably live in like different yeah. wings of the house. You know, I don't know. Oh, you don't um, call their house a house. It's an estate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course, of course. My apologies. Which, which, which estate also. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Multiple. Oh, um, man. I, I oh. You know, we're going to see a lot that's going to come out. Obviously, the tabloids are going to eat it up. I had a tweet that I think it's BS, whatever. You know, there's always a true story and then the story that someone puts out um do i hope that it was this cordial thing that you know they're in this different phase of their lives and they feel like they need to go different paths and there's nothing that happened it's just they became different people at 
the ripe age of 65 or whatever, how old, old they are. Um, I hope that's the case. Um, do I think that's the case? No. I just don't <laughs> think that's the case. I think there's there's more to this. We don't know what it is, but um, you think it might be a, I, Bez- a Bezos situation where Bezos kind of had a had a side chick? I don't know about I mean, that. That's what think, happened with them. Yeah, but at the same time, they were both seeing each other, uh, both seeing different people at this, for a while. You know, okay. The, the the divorce was not really a surprise to a lot of people. I mean, they both had one a girlfriend, one had a boyfriend. You know, so. It was kind of, I guess, less shocking. This was pretty shocking. I was shocked. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, "Whoa!" I did not see that coming today. Um, I, I just think that there's more to it. I just think that, you know, 27 years of marriage, they're at that age. The thing that really makes me feel that there's something that happened specifically is the fact that inside Bill's brain, which is you know the documentary that came out on Netflix that I loved. I believe a year over a year and a half ago, um, under a year and a half ago, I mean, they had the most sob story, were the best relationship in the world during that documentary. I mean, they had a whole piece on it. So that's what really- I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) I got to check it out now. Yeah, there's some clips that are just like cringe because this is not like 10 years ago where they're talking about how great their marriage is. This was like literally- just over a year ago, they talked about it in this documentary and had a solid amount of minutes put towards that. So that's what was so shocking to me. I was like, oh, the, these guys are fine. I, of course, you can't, obviously, you can't um, believe everything you see in a documentary, but right. I don't know. They seem tr- a little trustworthy in the documentary. Yeah. That's what I'm I trying mean, to say. Who knows, man? Like I said, I mean, it's. It, I, it's, it's, it's hard for me. It's hard to even speculate. Like who knows? Like there's, they're probably going through <laughs> some stuff. Who knows? But like, I'm more interested to know, like what is Bill Gates going to be doing now as a single dude with $60 billion? Like what, what, like what's, what's his next move? Like, is he, is he about to like move to Miami like everybody else and just like live it up, get a dope ass pad on star Island, just like go jet skiing every day. Or like, like what's his move now? Uh, that's yeah. what I want to know. As much as I would love to see that happen, I think he's going to do exactly what he's been doing <laughs> for the past <laughs> 10 years, which is, you know, reading a book every day. But well, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they're really into their philanthropy. Yep. That's what I don't really understand. And this is actually might be towards my reasoning is that, okay, you're obviously this rich. You have so many things connected to each other. Bill and Melinda. I mean, they have joint ownership of so many things. We're talking billions of dollars worth of things, right? Yep. Yep. Like what is so important about them divorcing? They could just do what Jeff and Mackenzie Bezos did, which was just like basically be separated. Like that's what kind of gets at me is like, you know, when you're at that level of rich, why would you go through the arduous task of having to split all of those assets up i mean i think you know? that jeff and uh jeff and um what's her name uh mckenzie mckenzie they got they got actually divorced though i think they got like officially divorced yeah no they did but after years of like kind of seeing other people though. okay i mean honestly like i, said, I don't know i don't know they're, they're rich enough to where they're gonna get the divorce lawyers to like figure it all out i would you know yeah. like i said to me it's like i i just wonder how it's gonna work i mean it's gonna be kind of awkward at like the bill and melinda gates foundation 
annual dinners. Like that's gotta be a little awkward. Um, yeah. but you know, like I said, wish him the best. And, uh, and yeah, I yeah, hope some, it goes some, well. some of the memes were pretty funny, but yeah, I wish him the best. And uh, I oh, saw the yeah. list. Twitter nope. wasted zero time on making fun of the situation. I God. felt bad. I honestly Same. felt bad. Same. And I mean, we had some some top tier memes. Uh, you know, Bill Gates already making a Tinder profile. <laughs> you name it. Um, not saying I agree with those memes, but I laugh at things that sometimes I don't agree with, and I laughed at that one. Yeah. Moving moving on. I know you wanted to speak on this. Peloton has uh, had had a very rough week bro rough month. quarter yeah, yeah rough quarter, quarter yeah. month <laughs> half oh, of the man. year oh yeah uh, so just to kind of tee it up what happened with peloton today the they officially recalled their treadmills which ganon if you were to guess how expensive these treadmills are because i didn't know you know obviously everyone knows peloton for their uh bikes but like how much are these how much are these treadmills that peloton peloton sells like what three grand uh, right yeah around there they're around there they're they're more they're more expensive than the bike i know that yeah and the bike and is 2000 so so these really expensive high-end treadmills that peloton sell, was selling were officially recalled by peloton that's going to be just a mess of a recall because like how do you even like how do you hundred like, yeah a hundred and twenty five thousand tread plus machines and roughly a thousand fifty tread products in the u.s so we're, we're talking about you know like so many bikes they have to pick up and you know if i bought one of these bikes and they're like oh we want you to send it back i'd say well get somebody's ass yeah, over come here get it, it yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and i want a new one like, i don't want to wait another eight months to get one <laughs> it's gonna be a pain in the ass house. Well, yeah, it's going to be a pain yeah. in the ass. I mean, their bikes are fine, which is like, for now. Like, they're, they're not recalling their bikes, but their treadmills, over 100,000 are going to have to be recalled. And the stock just got crushed today. Double-digit losses, I believe, the last time yeah. I checked. Um, they're down. And they're down, what, like 40% for the for the last three months? Like, they are – the stock is just getting absolutely crushed from their all-time highs. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I was – I bought into the Peloton hype. You know, I kind of bought into it thinking, like, okay – Peloton might be like the next Nike, you know, like they're, they're building a brand that is so strong mm -hmm. with so much, with so much, uh, very, very passionate fans that I was like, you know what? There's a chance that the Peloton is legit. I actually made a, a TikTok long ago when like Peloton had that really cringy ass ad where, but like the, you know, oh, the husband yeah. was giving the, the wife, the, the Peloton for her yeah. for Christmas. So I made fun of Peloton back then thinking, oh, this is stupid. Like who's going to ever buy a Peloton? Like this is dumb. And then over time, my 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 opinions kind of changed. I was like, okay, you know what? I can kind of see the hype around it. Um, I kind of want to buy a Peloton. Uh, <laughs> like you know, like I was starting to get sucked into the hype because I'm yeah. just I, I'm my, I'm simple brain. I get sucked into hypes, <laughs> and uh, I bought some stock, even though I was like, you know, there's no way they're going to continue this rapid pace of expansion. But I bought into the stock, thinking they might actually be like an established brand, like Nike one day. They might be like they might get to that level, and now. The stock is tumbling. Obviously, the economy is opening back up, so people can go back to gyms. I know people that prefer going to work out at gyms than they do working out at home. Um, and and obviously, they're suffering a little bit. So Did you I, sell? I haven't sold yet. I haven't sold. I had 10 Peloton stocks, um, and I'm holding on to a 25% loss at, the, at this moment. And so nice. uh, 
Yeah. So I don't know. I'm probably going to end up selling. Um, hopefully we get like a nice little bounce off the earnings or it might just keep dropping more. But I am I am totally thinking about dumping them. Obviously, I didn't time it perfectly like you did, Gannon, earlier in the week where you tweeted out, I think Monday or Tuesday, where you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm dumping this shit. I'm out. I'm going to eat my losses. <laughs> well, and literally the next day, the recall happens. I will say this. So I being transparent i am a peloton bull i'm actually not like i think peloton's a bad company i i i think that they're just going through a rough patch right now um i wrote a whole newsletter on why i think peloton in in the next three years will have great success it's a status symbol people like to feel like they're working out they like to feel like they have you know a part of a community um the whole music aspect all these artists trying to get in all the trainers are basically celebrities now um they have a lot going towards them not and also the the outerwear the gear people are putting stickers on their cars just to show off to people that they have a peloton um it feels very apple-esque uh cult cultish right and i call them cult bikes for a reason (laughs) now my like I said on this podcast, we are about making money. No cap, all gains. Okay, <laughs> uh, just because I like a company doesn't mean I won't sell it, and just because I you know dislike a, a company, that doesn't mean I won't buy it. And I bought Peloton in my Roth, which is you know my retirement account and my personal account a while ago, uh, about equal amounts. It got up to like I believe like the one thirties, one forties. And I was right. like, I'm getting out of here. I sold um, in my personal. I sold half in my Roth. Now, nice. with my Roth is you know a whole different strategy. I, with that, I'm you know I take profits quickly, especially when it's a speculative stock like Peloton. Okay. Now, with Apple, it's a little different. I'll add, um, but you know I saw the the technical analysis. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> the things going on and i was like okay i'm putting in my stop loss order and it, it triggered and right. didn't look back and then right after it triggered uh is when really things took a dive and i was like whoo you know there's a little luck there involved though great timing though great timing so what are you thinking about so obviously you're you've written about peloton you think that they're they do have a cult following of a brand the brand is yeah. very very valuable um so what what happens now obviously they're going to get through this recall does what what happens to the brand what happens to them i mean there's more and more people coming into the space i I wonder if they're going to get back to the level that they've that they've been at you know six months ago it's going to be tough it's going to be really tough because you know you have the added pressure of people getting getting vaccines and people are starting to work out in gyms again um covid was the best thing that ever happened in this company like Seriously, their first hiccup that they ran into was not being able to make as as many bikes and deliver them as fast as possible as they're being ordered. Yep. So you're going to see this plateau, obviously, at some point with the amount of orders, the amount of subscribers joining on. It's, you know, still gone up. But this as at the same time of these great things happening for this company with COVID, with gyms being shut down, the bad things are happening at the worst time for this company as well. We are seeing, okay, gyms are now starting opening. Oh no, we had a bunch of injuries on this. They're 
treadmill. They have to recall 125,000 treadmills. Um, you know, it's not looking good. I'm not bearish on the the five year outlook, but I'm bearish on the the one year, and that's why I set that stop loss again. Got to protect those gains. I was still in totally. gain territory. Got out of nice. there. Um, so it happens. That's awesome. And so I mean, we'll see what they're so they're reporting earnings tomorrow on yep. Thursday, depending on what you listen when you listen to this podcast. So we'll see what they say. I mean, you know, maybe if they have a really good earnings, we might get a nice little bounce. If and, it doesn't, uh, though, oh, oh god, oh. <laughs> the bottom <laughs> might fall out. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, you don't want to lose. You don't want to go down fifteen percent before the earnings that everyone's anticipating. That possibly might be the first earnings where they start to plateau a little bit because of the slowing down of the orders. But who knows? Could go, you know, skyrocket back up if they kill it. So, yeah. I have no idea, but I've made the decision to hold on to, to my stock until after the earnings, see what happens. I mean, I'm already down so much um, with the chance that this bounces back. I'm just going to hold on. And again, I am kind of bullish on them over a five-year horizon. So, um, yeah. you know, worst case, I'll just hang on to it and uh, just, you know, hold that capital there. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of earnings, you know, this should be, I think, the last thing we're going to get into. Uber, Etsy... Who else uh, reported? Was it GM? I think GM might have. I think GM might reported have. this morning, yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. You know, this just came out. We haven't been able to do our full due diligence. Uber had a mixed bag. Etsy had a great earnings in my mind. Stock is plummeting after hours. It seems yep. like there's just this reoccurring theme of these growth companies. It doesn't matter what they provide in their earnings it's red after i mean apple had a huge earnings huge beat and it was red yep. so you know i i don't know what to say i like etsy from what i saw it beat on every single metric that i care about um and it seemed like it beat on every single metric definitely top and bottom uber it did not beat on revenue it did be on EPS pretty handedly. There's kind of ups and downs with Uber right now, but if you're an Uber shareholder, I'm long Uber. You know that going in. You know that oh, yeah. this was going to kind of happen where the deliveries were going to have great upside, which is you know Uber Eats, um, and the ride sharing hasn't quite gone there. I think... I, I like the, the the progress. Obviously, it was not as bad as last quarter. Right. But hopefully next quarter, we see that big uptick. So what's going on with Uber? So Uber's also down 5%. They were down 3% today, another 5% or 4.5% after hours. I mean, they're struggling right now with getting drivers. Like, they just can't get yeah. enough drivers. Like, have you tried to get an Uber recently? Like, dude, it's like, you got to wait forever to get an Uber. Mm -hmm. I have... It sucks. Uh, yeah, I had a friend the other weekend. This is seriously no joke. He couldn't get a, a driver, and it was like 11 p.m. on a weekend, which, you know, uh, maybe it was just the area that he was in, but it was in Dallas, Texas. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's not a good issue to be in. Is there a reason or? They just haven't gotten. So, like, the rider. So, demand has gotten back up, right? People are trying to take more Ubers now. But they still haven't gotten the the drivers that they had pre-pandemic. I don't know why. Maybe because right. 
you know, there's more more opportunities for people now. Like, I honestly don't know why the drivers haven't come back. But I think Uber said they were going to spend $250 million in incentives to get drivers back onto the platform. And it's not just Uber drivers, but also Uber Eats drivers. Like it's, I've tried ordering Uber Eats recently. Um, and like there was no drivers in the area. I, so I legitimately <laughs> couldn't order my food because there was no drivers. And I had to wait. I had to keep refreshing the app. And finally, there was a driver available. And I had to wait like 45 minutes to get for my food. And so, thank God for Uber Eats. Because if there wasn't Uber Eats, Uber's share price would be in the dirt. I mean... Totally. Uber Eats is the only thing that has been saving Uber during this entire pandemic. Like totally, totally. Uber Eats is their is their monster is like their is their pathway to profitability. Uber Eats is going to be a monster. It already is. I, but obviously, Uber well, Uber Eats has has a has a competition too, right? They have competition with, with DoorDash. Um, yeah. they're not as dominant. They don't have as much of a dominant market share in food delivery as as I would hope. But I mean, with the fact that they're freeing up all this cash by like selling all their self-driving car, you know, units and, and all these different yep. things and focusing on food what delivery. Yeah. What they're good at. And so I have to give a shout out to the CEO of Uber. The dude is, uh, he's getting some heat here and there, but overall I think he's doing a pretty good job. And, um, and if Uber kind of continues this pace and, you know, hopefully they can get the more drivers back onto the platform. Um, hopefully that, you know, we'll see the stock rebound, but I am also a long-term bull on Uber. I mean, over a five-year horizon, I definitely think that Uber can be a, yeah. a massive company. They during the pandemic they bought out Drizzly, which is yep kind of was kind of a huge purchase for them in my mind. They're they're the most premier alcohol delivery app um, or company on the market, and I think that's what they need to do. They need to gobble up market share as much as they can. They part they just announced during this earnings. I don't know if it was right before earnings uh partnership with gopuff yes in, yes in which uh getting like toiletries and snacks from like grocery grocery stores and gas stations. stores yeah yeah so not just like that's uber's vision they want you to be able to order basically anything you could go out and drive to um on their app whether it be yep. someone to pick pick you up or you know a toothbrush or you know gas station food or you know your favorite in and out yeah whether well, they call it mobility as a service right whatever yeah. requires you to move they want to offer that service whether it's getting food delivered getting your pharmacy uh, medicine delivered getting your toothpaste delivered they want to offer that and if they can if they can like succeed on that vision i think i, I think they can um especially because now they're focusing on a doubling down on it um, and then with Uber Eats just being an absolute monster with profitability, I mean, they make Uber Eats is going to be a huge profit driver, uh, and uh, I think that'll be I think that'll be big for them. So definitely, yeah. I'm, I mean, I own some Uber stock, and again, I'm not. It's not financial advice. We're just spitballing here. I got to put that disclaimer oh, yeah. in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see where Uber goes long term. But yeah, they're, they're getting crushed right now too after earnings. But that's like you said, that's the story of earnings right now. Uh, these these yeah. tech stocks were just getting crushed in general. Even though, which we probably didn't mention, didn't the Dow finish at a record high today? I think the Dow Jones finished at a record high. Whenever I think of the Dow, I just think of like lumber, even though it's not <laughs> at all. Uh, but yes, the Dow's been crushing it. And yep. you know, as much as that's, I'm not gonna go to those sirens. I'm not. I'm not gonna go to those sirens. I I like tech. I like investing in the future. I like things that I know well. 
do I really know what General Electric is doing? No. No idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I know. <laughs> I can physically see the changes that Uber is making. I see my friends ordering Uber Eats. I, yep. you know, see the implementation of it. Of course, again, on this podcast, we don't care what you invest in. We just want you to make money. We want to have fun. We want to <laughs> laugh. So if you're a huge Dow guy, if you have the whole cap on uh, with Dow 40,000 or whatever it is, that's all cool with us. But I'm just saying what we like to invest in or I like to invest in. Um, and that's what I like to talk about too. Totally, man. I'm all about I'm all about investing in companies that will change the world, that will have massive returns, you know, that – legitimately are making a huge impact in the mm -hmm. world so i'm with you man i that's how i think about it too um and uh yeah that's 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 always been my investment strategy and that's why i always focus on tech companies because those are the companies that have the chance for not only multiple returns on your investment you know like 5x 10x over a long period of time this is not yep. cryptocurrency so don't don't expect 10x returns overnight <laughs> but um they have that op possibility and like you said you can see those companies uh implementation and changes that they're bringing to the world whether it's an uber whether it's uh, yeah. a peloton whether it's um even you know like a snapchat or anything like that you can see what they're doing you can see their changes that they're making yeah and those are the companies that i like to focus on as well um and uh yeah it's a pretty good yeah. pretty good wrap-up point well yeah last thing i'll wrap up on is you know if you're a newer investor find companies find a sector that you find fun or you find entertaining because odds are you'll read about it more and you'll do more due diligence on sectors that you find fun or entertaining, yep. um, which in turn will make you a better investor because you'll make more uh, wise decisions with your money when you have more information available. Totally. Versus for me, I mean, that's why I just don't really invest in companies like Boeing. It's, I, I don't want to read 20 articles about Boeing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do I want to read about, you know, Apple coming out with their new IMAX and stuff like this? Yeah, of course. Like that's what I find interested in. And there's all there's so many companies in every single space. So if if you like a certain space that is interesting and funny or entertaining, that's maybe the place you should start thinking about investing because that's the place that you're going to end up doing more due diligence, you're going to end yep. up getting more information, making wiser decisions. So we're going to totally. wrap it up here. Zay, do you want to wrap it up? No, I think you nailed it right there. Um, great pod, episode number three. Uh, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Please send us some feedback, whether it's yes. DMs. Gannon has has an amazing Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm starting to grow there as well. Um, and uh, also check out the TikTok. I've been trying to put some more videos out there. And uh, and then catch us on IG as well. IG for you is Rebel Markets, right? Rebel Markets and Edmani. Uh, explains, explains on TikTok. On TikTok, he's a huge TikTok. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you only got a sector of this or a part of this, it's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's on uh, Apple Podcasts. All right, have a great rest of the week. No cap, all gains. We out. Bye. Peace.